now I drive a Maserati and look at me, look at me, look at me. It's that's all nonsense. Your story only matters. Your origin story only matters to the extent that it reflects your prospects origin story or your prospects state of being your prospects story. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Tom. Tom, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a man, a word of more, man of more words than that. That was really hard to say, oh. but we will get there. <laughs> All so- right. Thanks, Michelle. I am really happy to be here with you as well. I am. Uh, <laughs> uh, you got me. You know, I, I, right? you I, can't I, stop a storyteller at high. <laughs> I know. I knew. I, I, think you're, I like. I have something. I, I arrive with a bucket full, but I just, <laughs> I just figured I'd start with a trickle. There you go. So, give us a five thousand foot view of who you are and what you love to do. Sure. Uh, so my name is Tom Ruich. I am the CEO of Story Power Marketing and coaches, consultants, other thought leaders and experts hire me to help them power up their stories and their creative content because so many of them are dishing out the same old boring blah, blah, blah content. And then they get frustrated when their prospects tune out and move on. So I show them how to transform their content from boring to brilliant, how to transform the content creation process from frustrating to fun, and how to transform the results from pitiful to profitable. Love that. So how did you get into storytelling as a thing? Yeah. So back in 2001, I founded an email service provider business. That's the software that businesses use to create, deliver, and track mass email. And I did that. 2001 was before most people had even heard of email marketing. Constant Contact was a similar tool that started around the same time, but a lot of the other players in the space, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, um, um, you know, so many others that, that I could name weren't even in the game at that point. And when we built our software, we decided that we also wanted to build an agency around it. So we were helping our clients with list building, with content creation, with campaign execution and planning. And so we spent a lot of time digging deep with our clients to not only provide the software to them, but to help them succeed with the software. And here's the thing. I remember back then, and it was all custom software back then. There was, there was no such thing as you just bought email delivery system. Yeah. And, and uh, so we were really pioneers in the space. Mm -hmm. We were at it very, very early in the the tool that we built back in 2001, it was really similar to what you get today. Uh, Upload a list, 
create content in a in a web editor that felt very much like a uh, word processor um, and and press send and then track who opened, who clicked, uh, tag people based on how they they acted. So we were at this game very, very early on. And the thing that we recognized over the years as we worked with clients is that business people tend to chase the latest shiny tool and tactic. And, and so two or three years into this, before some of these tools, other tools I mentioned had even been invented, we began to hear email marketing is dead. You know, we've been hearing that for 20 years now. Email <laughs> marketing is dead. And uh, not so, by the way. <laughs> and uh, uh, so people were moving on to this and that text marketing and, and the latest social platforms. And they're always chasing that shiny, that holy grail of, of marketing, the tool, the tactic, the special tricks. And when it wouldn't work, what businesses will do is they'll move on to the next tool and tactic. Or, and or, they will blame the existing tool and tactic, or even the whole channel, they'll say, email doesn't work, or social media doesn't work, or direct mail doesn't work, or whatever it may be. And they won't look in the mirror and recognize that the success of your marketing campaigns depends on the content and the stories that you're putting out there. They all think that, oh, I know what I need to say. I know what I want to put out there. I just need a better tool to do it, or I need a better funnel set up to do it, or, or you know, whatever. And, and what we came to realize over the years is that, no, the businesses that are really succeeding are the ones who are not putting out the same old blah, 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 boring information. It's the ones who are putting out content that's entertaining and captivating, that has personality. Sure, it has to have valuable information, but information alone is not enough. So as I worked with clients through the years with MarketVolt, uh, my email marketing company, I came to spend more and more time working with them on powering up their content, on turning content from boring to brilliant. And when it came time for us to sell MarketVolt, which we did at the end of 2019, we merged it with a great company called Benchmark Email. When we sold the email software and the client base, I continued to work with businesses on powering up their stories, on turning content from boring to brilliant. And I did that under a new business called Story Power Marketing. Nice. I love that. And it's so true because people get hung up on kind of the glitchy things. It's like, oh yeah, that, that hook worked. We're going to use that hook and we're going to use it all over the place. Oh, the three things that make a mistake, that's the new thing. And we're going <laughs> to, it's like, right. Uh, okay. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. And the thing about, you know, the, the, the lists and here, you know, here are three tips or here's this or here, whatever it may be, is if you Google some topic, some subject, um, you're going to find that content a thousand times over. And the question for you as a business person who wants to stand out is how? How are you going to stand out? How are you going to to stand above the noise and have people notice you more than the 
other 999 people who are dishing out fundamentally the same information and the same tips. You may think that you know more than the than the next coach or consultant and that whatever it is you're putting out there is so brilliant and so unique. But, and, and, and I don't say this to insult you, the information alone is not enough and it's usually not so unique. So what you need to do is put some personality into it, stories, hooks, make, give your readers or viewers or whatever channel it may be a reason to know you a little better, like you a little better, trust you a little better, because all of those things, personal connection, relationship building, knowing, liking, and trusting, all of those things are the things that you build a practice on. If you're, if they don't know, like, and trust you as you do business with them, they're probably going to move on. So why aren't you doing that as they're getting to know you and decide whether to do business with you? And that's what powerful storytelling, powerful creative content is all about. Awesome. So who do you see as has the biggest issue with this? Because I could see that there's like stereotypically engineers are going to go, I just need to get the information. As soon as they have the information, it's going to be great. Or you have the stereotypical kind of friendly persons like, well, they really need to see me in person. And once they meet me, then they'll really like me. I don't know if I can convey that in word. And there's so many of them. But who do you is there a common factor to when people really get stuck and they don't see what's going on and why they what they're doing doesn't work? Sure. I mean, there, there are a few common factors that, that are at play. And, and in, in the world where I'm operating with, with people who really know their stuff and really provide awesome value to their clients, where they get stuck is around this idea of how do I sell myself? How do I market myself? So it's, it's really an interesting phenomenon that I work with a lot of people who are just brilliant at what they do and what they know and the value that they provide to their, their clients. But when it comes time to talk about whatever it may be to market they begin to feel a little bit hesitant. And, and so one of the common threads is that I work with people who oftentimes are coaches helping people with mindset and things like uh, imposter syndrome. And yet when it comes to marketing their own business, they suffer from imposter syndrome. It's a, it's a really interesting phenomenon. And I think part of that has to do with this idea that marketing beyond providing information, selling, talking about yourself, sharing stories, um, uh, lifting the, the, the veil a little bit and letting your, your hair down, so to speak, and showing a little personality. All that seems a little bit scary and a little bit frightening, especially when you're dealing with people who have not yet committed to you and not yet uh, done business with you. So part of what we do is help our clients understand that a, you know, the 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 work you do in marketing is about gift giving. It's about helping people recognize where they are, helping your prospects recognize where they can be, and helping them recognize how your product and service is the bridge 
that will get them there. And fundamentally, that's the story, the journey, the journey from the before to the after via a bridge that you can that you can provide. And if that bridge is real, if the product and service that you offer is valid, if you're not selling snake oil, then, then you are offering them a gift. It's not manipulative. It's not yucky and sleazy to sell, to promote, to market. It's helping meet prospects where they are, showing empathy, showing, getting them to feel like, oh, wow, this person understands me, helping show where they want to go or, or reiterating or stating something they already know. I wish I could get to this place. And then describing how your products and service help get there. And if you can nail that part, which really involves discovering what your prospects are all about, then you're well on your way to delivering content that's more captivating than your competitors. Nice. So when you're talking about the stories and, and people giving a little bit of themselves, how did they start to draw that line between looking at something like Apple versus uh, IBM when they started really storytelling in yeah. advertising? I think that was one of the biggest ones that everybody went, oh my God, okay. Kind of yeah. gobsmacked us. We, we saw at that point, that is a story versus this is the technology and the thing behind it. Right. And, right. and it's like, well, I think we get caught up in that we need to have our personality coming through to it. Whereas what Apple did was got their client's personality to come yeah. through it and telling yeah. that story. How does somebody, um, I guess, give enough of themselves that it becomes personal and that they're actually still focused on the client? Yeah. So I, I love that you asked that question, Michelle, because it really points to one of the great challenges and, and mistakes, actually, that a lot of people make when they begin to lean into this idea of storytelling. Too many storytelling experts, so-called storytelling experts, will tell you that this is all about coming up with your legendary origin story, that it's about you. I was born a young man and, you know, I was born a young child in the hollers of Kentucky and I clawed my way out of poverty and I now I drive a Maserati and look at me, look at me, look at me. It's That's all nonsense. Your story only matters, your origin story only matters to the extent that it reflects your prospect's origin story or your prospect's state of being, your prospect's story. So the real challenge or the real activity for storytelling and creating captivating content is discover what makes your prospects tick first. Forget about yourself. Forget about whatever the story about you may be. And just understand what makes your prospects tick. And don't get caught up in making it too complicated. Understand what's keeping them up at night. What's frustrating them? What are they afraid of? what's bothering them. Understand on the other side of the bridge, where do they want to go? What would they like to achieve? What do they dream of? What do they aspire of? What do they wish to feel? And if you can really discover the prospect story, then you have the building blocks that you need to begin to express 
the stories and put the stories out there. I, I'll, I'll share with you a great example of what I mean by this. When um, I, I began working with an executive coach, great executive coach who helps business owners get off the hamster wheel. And one of the things that she teaches most of her clients to do is to delegate more effectively. It's an important leadership skill. Before we began to work with her and power up her stories, she had written a blog post that read something like this. One of the most important skills that you can, uh, that you can develop as a business owner is to delegate. Delegating properly can help you you know, grow your business and build strong relationships, you know, blah, 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 blah. It was the, it was the delegation lecture. And if you, if you Google how to delegate, you'll find 999 of those blog posts out there and nothing about it stood out. Nothing about it had personality. It didn't have her in the post. It was just a piece of boring, blah, blah, blah content. So when we began to work with her, we did this exercise that we call story discovery. We began to look at what is it that your prospects are really feeling? No one wakes up in the morning and says, oh my gosh, if only I could delegate more effectively. What they wake up feeling is, I really don't want to go into work today because it's a drag. Everything depends on me. The weight of the world's on my shoulders. I feel stuck at work. And what we ended up doing is telling a true story in a blog post and an email where the headline and subject line of this post was how a stressed out owner let go and got away or finally let go and got away. The story was this business owner had never in 20 years of running this business, taken longer than a long weekend vacation. Had never done a, a Friday through Sunday, you know, next Sunday, nine day vacation, two week vacation, three week vacation. Always maybe took Friday off, maybe took Monday off, but never left the business behind for longer than that because he feared it would all fall apart. He feared it would be a mess when he returned. He feared that he'd be bothered and worried the whole time that he was gone. And so how did that get fixed? She taught him how to delegate. And because she taught him how to delegate, flatten the organization, share responsibility with coworkers. He was able to take a two-week vacation. He loved every minute. When he returned, the place was fired up because they had succeeded in running the place in his absence. Everybody felt a greater sense of ownership in the business and, and buy-in in the business. And then the post, the first words of the post were, I have a client who, you know, finally took a vacation after 20 years of never taking more than a couple of days off. And so she put herself into the story in the first person in the sense of, of here I am in the story, but really it was mostly a story about her prospect. And, but it had, it was a story. It had personality. It talked about what he felt. It talked about how frustrated he was when he used to go on vacation. That's the difference between blah, 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 boring content and story-powered content. Because when somebody sees that headline, how a stressed out owner let go and got away, there's a story just in that headline. Stressed out to letting go. Stuck to got away. 
little journey that's that's evoked there. And anyone she's trying to reach as a prospect is going to see that subject line and say, yeah, I'm, I'm stressed. I wish I could get away. I, I'm going to keep reading. Or, uh, um, and then they, they read the story. It sounds familiar. What you want to do in your content is create stories that make your prospects feel and make your prospects say, I can relate. You get me. You're somebody I think understands the journey I want to take. And then if you've really done that effectively, if you've really told effective stories, they're going to lean in and they're going to either think or say explicitly, how do we do it? How, how can I take that journey? And then what has happened is the prospect now is inviting you or hoping to continue and read about your products and services. No longer are you the pitchy past. You're now the welcome guest who's explaining how you are going to guide them across that bridge. And that completely changes the sales dynamic. And for so many of my clients who, what they really want to do is serve clients. What they really want to do is just have those powerful transforming conversations with people who are paying them to do it. And they don't want to feel like a pitchy past. Well, when you, when you tell stories effectively and get people into that mode of, oh yeah, you get me, you understand me. How do we do this? you're having that transformational conversation with them that you want to have with them when they're a client. And it doesn't feel like a sales conversation to you or to the prospect. It feels like you're just having a transformational conversation. And that's what the storytelling can do for you. When somebody's telling stories, is there a difference between uh, say their their website, the story that they're going to tell on the website versus an email versus a blog versus a you know a sales conversation, and how do they vary if they if they do? Well, sure. The so the the different channels that you've named all have sort of different different structures, different lengths, and so forth. But fundamentally you're still just trying to evoke these little before to after journeys. So I'll give you an example, a client we work for uh, who is in the managed services technology business and pardon me. And so they run network administration, support desk, um, installation of workstations, um, the, whole, uh, the strategic planning, technology planning, and so forth. Super story-oriented kind of <laughs> Well, there, right, right, there it is. Um, and, and so you think that's not super story-oriented, okay? But, and, and if you go and you look at most websites in this industry, it starts out with the blah, blah, you know, we're Microsoft certified and Cisco certified, and we know how to install this <laughs> server and that server. And, you know, we have a help desk with 24 seven calls and it, it's very feature oriented and it's very technical. Okay. But when we sat down with the client, we did again, this, this story discovery, what are the journeys your prospects are are going through? What are they feeling? And so what goes on on the front of the page at the very top is uh, a series of slides. And the first slide is a photograph of 
a business person, businessman, I think, um, on the phone, phone to his ear, looking really pissed off. I mean, frustrated. And the caption of that photo is tired of customer support that's not there to support you when you need the most, question mark. And that's a story to the journey from, and then, then there was language underneath that we have 24 seven, we answer the phone on the second ring, um, you know, so on and so forth. So the journey from frustration to relief, from feeling unserved to served from, you know, all of that. The second slide was a pair of hands dishing out hundred dollar bills. And I think the caption was something to the effect of uh, no uh, fed up with um, um, constantly dishing out dough for unexpected technical repairs or something like that. And so the business or the, the set of features that that they're touting in the service is that their model is proactive, will come in, will develop a technology plan, will make sure that none of your technology gets obsolete, will get ahead of the break, as opposed to the model of you just have uh, the company on a break fix contract. When something breaks, they come in, they say, that'll be $1,500, please, you now have a new server. And oh, by the way, the, the server right next to it doesn't doesn't operate well with the new server. So we're going to have to fix that too. And that's going to be another $1,800 as opposed to having a, a predictable plan that that certainty in budget, uh, in budgeting, which a business owner really cares about, they don't like surprises. So from surprised to on top of it, that story. And then the third thing was uh, a guy with his head, uh, head in his hands, and something to the effect of, don't you wish that it wasn't a question of, of, of it, it was getting at the when versus the if of so many business owners are constantly losing sleep over the idea that their technical house of cards is going to collapse. It's all going to, you know, they're going to be shut down for two days when everything breaks. And what this company is selling is we're going to make sure that everything stays up and running and, and so forth, but they speak to that emotion and that journey. And so what I share that story, because whether it's a website or an email or a social post, which have different forms, different lengths, so forth, you're still boiling it down to what's the point I'm trying to get across and what you're getting across are a series of fairly simple stories. And, and if you can get to the stories and discover the simple stories that you wish to tell, your website will be better, your emails will be better, your social posts will be better in whatever form you're putting them out. I, I love it. And I think that you've been around stories for so long that it just kind of comes naturally. <laughs> point to yeah. you. So I know that people are going to have some stumbling blocks. What are people usually thinking when they're going, oh my God, Tom, I need you so badly. What are the stumbling now, blocks that they're going through? Well, what, what they're feeling is 
they, so many business people are committed to the idea of putting content out there in part because they've just been told content is king, doing email on a regular basis helps grow your business, going out and doing social media helps grow your business and so forth. And so a lot of business people are doing this. They're not sure how to make it work. They're not sure why they're, they're just doing it. And then when they do it, they are feeling stuck. They're feeling frustrated. They're suffering from writer's block. So even those who kind of understand this idea, make your content more creative and, and story powered and so forth, they'll sit in front of the computer and it'll be, you know, once upon a time, now what? And I like to, to share a little story, go figure, about a, there's a guy named Eugene Schwartz, who was one of the most successful and prolific copywriters of his age. He was an ad man, a madman uh, from the 60s, 70s, even into the, the 80s. And, and Eugene Schwartz wrote hundreds of ads, maybe thousands, uh, that made millions of dollars, maybe billions. And he claims he never once suffered from writer's block. And I believe him. And when people would ask him, what the heck? Never suffered from writer's block? Never got stuck? His answer was, well, we don't write copy. We assemble it. Copy is not written copy is assembled. And so what he meant by that is if you do the work up front that I described, I haven't explained the, the system or the process for doing it, but if you discover the stories, really know what makes your prospects tick, then what you have is a bunch of building blocks that you can assemble into whatever structure it may be, a website, a social post, an email, and so forth. Assembling content. First gather the information, discover the story, and then assemble it into a predictable structure. That's so much easier than sitting in front of a blank screen and feeling what so many of my clients feel before they work with me, which is, I don't know where to begin. I don't know what works and what doesn't. When it does work, it feels like it's just good luck. When it doesn't work, I don't know how to fix it. It feels like it's magic. Once upon a time, now what? I'm hoping that the magical muse strikes or uh, that I can summon some creative unicorn from within to make, make this all work. It, it doesn't have to feel that way. It's not a matter of magic. It's not a matter of, of summoning a a muse or a creative unicorn. It's a matter of systematically discovering the story and then systematically assembling the story. And so the feeling back to your question that they, that so many of my clients and so many of the people listening or watching right now feel is uh, content creation feels hard. It feel, uh, I feel stuck. I I'm tired of writer's block. And those, if you're feeling that, those are the people who benefit the most from what I offer. Awesome. So peeps, you may not get a little unicorn, but Tom himself is, you know, pretty much feel like that. <laughs> you know, I will stop the metaphor there. I do yeah. want to know though, I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you? 
the way to start is to go to my website, storypowermarketing.com, storypowermarketing, all one word, .com. And uh, there'll be an overlay that shows up on the page that invites you to join my email list. And when you join my email list, um, you'll begin to, on a um, daily-ish basis, get emails from me that uh, Monday through Friday, emails from me that demonstrate that practice what I preach. And there's also on that website, a resources section where there's a short uh, on-demand video, three keys to be a storytelling standout. There's some other resources that you can sign up for. And there are invitations that you'll receive very quickly uh, if you sign up uh, for any of those resources or for my email that invite you to contact me directly that invite you to schedule time with me. So I'm very accessible. I'm available to the people who are on my list. I'd be happy to talk to anybody who uh, wants to go on this journey and learn how I might be able to help them. And, And I guarantee that just reading my emails and downloading some of those resources will be a great help to begin with. Absolutely. I have noticed that when your emails show up in my inbox, <laughs> there's something very different about them, even though I have a whole string of those, because you know, in marketing, we have a ton of them, um, but yours always pop out and it always fascinates me and like, he's, he's got it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so first of all, thank you for saying that, oh. Michelle. And, and isn't that what all of us want, right? Isn't that what you want, no matter what your industry, to be the one who, when your message lands in the inbox or your post shows up on social, people say, oh, that's from Tom. I know I need to, I know I need to look at that because Tom gets it. You may not be ready to buy from Tom right away or you or whoever, but if, if you are, are captivated by the content, if your prospects are captivated by the content, they are so much more likely to buy or to refer. And, and it's, so that's what it's all about. It's about standing out above the noise so that people will pay attention to you more than others and will be more likely to choose you and hire you when the time comes and they have the need. Absolutely. So Tom, I have to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man, I'm going to tell a story I've never told. I've been on a lot of podcasts. I am going to tell a story um, that when I was back in college, a friend of mine and I, uh, summer between uh, um college, we were home here in St. Louis, Missouri. And it was back in the day of cabbage patch dolls. If you, if you remember cabbage patch dolls, um, and the, the, these, these dolls were these ugly looking dolls, um, that came with a birth certificate. So they came in a fancy box with a birth certificate. And my buddy and I, had a few drinks one night and we're just yucking it up and coming up with business ideas. And, um, and one of the ideas that we thought might sell was cabbage patch coffins. 
because if you if you have a Cabbage Patch doll with a birth certificate, at some point you tire of the Cabbage Patch doll and you can't just throw the thing away and you may not, you know, your mom or whoever may not want to keep it for the grandkids. And so how do you get rid of the Cabbage Patch doll? Well, you buy a Cabbage Patch coffin with a death certificate. Now, as I tell this, I think that's pretty twisted and uh, i'm not oh, so sure awesome. you know we we actually went so far as to uh compose want ads for this thing <laughs> and uh um we we never sold it but i think that reflects i was always bouncing business ideas around in high school and in college and um i i worked in corporate media for a while as a newspaper reporter through uh, the first 10 years of my career. But I was involved in, in starting companies, um, you know, for real, um, fairly early in my career. When I was, when I was in my 20s, I began to uh, put together companies and, and leave the, uh, the corporate world. So I've been at this entrepreneurial thing for a little while. I love that story. That is hilarious. And I think you should pursue that because I know there's, there are a lot of twisted people out there that would think that's hilarious. And if nothing else, put it up on their shelf and that doll would stay, you know, exactly. immortalized forever in the coffin. That's hilarious. <laughs> yep. So, um, <laughs> Tom, you yeah. are awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I know how valuable it is and I appreciate it. Michelle, thank you. I really had a blast. And uh, after that initial trickle, I, uh, you, you got me going. So I, <laughs> I, I going. any <laughs> last words for our peeps? Well, uh, again, I, I think one of the, one of the key themes that I shared with people is this idea of simplicity and systems. Don't get too hung up on this being some grand act, act of magic. Anyone can do this if they can master a few simple methods, a few simple systems. And if you're interested in learning more about that, I'd be happy to share those with you. Love it. Peeps, absolutely go check out the links there, of course, in the show notes, and you can go to awarenessstrategies.com slash blog, look for Tom or stories, and you will find him, I guarantee it. Awesome. Thank you for being here, Tom. Thanks so much, Michelle. Had a blast. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. I am here to help you grow and scale your business. So make sure you subscribe to the show and give us a rating. I like fives. And if you want, you know, just send gifts. We like those too. No, I'm kidding. We will see you next episode, helping you grow your business. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.